Last time on Licensed to Parent. It was the worst blitz ever. And yet they proved victory over sin, over death. And that blitz, which Christ faced, is the paradigm for how we are to live. That's Jeff Kemp, former NFL quarterback, now coach to the family. And he's going to help us understand how to deal with the blitzes. Today on Licensed to Parent. Hi, thanks for joining us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is also the author of the book, The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. It's available in paperback and on Kindle from Amazon. I'm Michelle Hill, and our guest today is Jeff Kemp. We're going to continue a conversation that began last time. We were talking about facing the blitzes in life and helping parents understand how to better parent their children. Trace? Well, Jeff, thank you for uh, coming back with us here. You know, one of the blitzes that parents have to deal with, as they always have, it's not just uh, new and cultural, is the loss of a dream. Uh, In your book, you talk about the loss of a dream. A lot of parents today dream about their kids becoming successful, whether it be in sports, maybe a movie star, music, uh, successful business person, whatever. I mean, Yet sometimes rebellion, addiction, or even death can crush a parent's dream for their child. Can you speak to that? Oh, wow. I don't think there is a greater loss than a loss of a child. And I have many friends who've gone through that, and you understand that, Trace. Um, And the only one who truly, truly understands that is Abba Father, um, who knows the heart of every person and Jesus has felt every emotion and faced every temptation. And of course, Jesus was separated from the Father, dying with all of our sin on him. But um, the loss of a dream. I wrote the book um, thinking about the type of dreams, a career dream, a job dream, um, a vision of prosperity and success and travel, uh, a family that works out great. Um, and of course, a dream that your kids grow up healthy and strong and get to live their life. And that doesn't always happen in this fallen world. Um, and I, I remember my friend Steve and Tricia Woodworth, who lost their son Joel at only 19 years old. Um, and it was a drunk driver and a friend of his that killed both of them. And because of faith in Jesus and an eternal perspective that knew that their faith and their sharing and their prayer had been a part of guiding Joel to know Christ, even though his life was troubled. Um, They could grieve with hope and perspective. And in that grief, this is amazing, Tricia reached out to this troubled single mom of the boy that had also died while driving and, and killing Tricia's son. And Tricia loved on her cared for her, empathized with her, comforted her, and even forgave her because her son is the one that was drunk when he killed the two of them. And that led that woman to an eternal relationship with God eventually. So she lost the dream of having Joel live out the next 60 years of his life. But she did have the dream of Joel living with Christ for eternity And she stayed a part of the dream of letting God use you 
in whatever circumstance you find yourself, blitz or no blitz, and helping others find God's love and find his way into the kingdom. That's how we need to be ready to let go of our version of life so that God's version can happen. Amen, brother. I mean, in our book, The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, I, I do share the story of, of, of our, our loss, of our son, who wasn't quite a year old. Uh, and I can tell you this, and I won't blow the book for you, but uh, Shepherd's Hill Academy exists today because of the life, the 10 and a half months of life uh, of my son and his death. Uh, God uh, built Shepherd's Hill as a result of all that. And I won't go into the details. I'll leave it at that. But it just affirms what you're, you're talking about, uh, how the Lord can, can um, walk you through these things and help you uh, overcome the loss of a dream. But uh, the next question I want to ask you is, is, what's the difference between a dream and a vision? I think a lot of people get that confused. And again, if you read my book, you'll, you'll, I go into it. But uh, I, I want to hear what you have to say about that. I feel like a dream, and we're not talking about just, you know, falling asleep and having a, a dream. Um, a dream, kind of some aspiration, some uh, really exciting, important, valuable version of the future that you craft inside of you. Uh, that, that's, that's a dream. And it very much is earthbound, and it very much is circumstance-oriented. And it may be something wonderful, like I want to start a school and educate kids and you know, bless all their families. But even so, the dream is pretty much about the here and now and what happens here in these few years on earth. A vision is something that is given from God Amen. and it's invisible to others and even invisible to us until he gives it. And it has the whole scope of reality and history in it. So there's right now, like today and the attitude I have, there's next month, 10 years from now, and eternity, a million years from now and 10 zillion years from now. So a vision is part of God's kingdom. A dream can many times be limited to my kingdom. And dreams can lead us into trouble. Vision yeah. can lead us into blessing other people and changing the world for good. Yeah. Now, Jeff, how can parents help their kids align their, their dreams that they have for themselves with actually a God-given vision for the future? That's a great question. I think it starts with the parents because if the parents make some of these uh, well-intended errors that Trace was talking about earlier, like, I just want my kid to be happy, or they're the most important thing in my life. I just got to make sure that everything goes great, or I need to make sure they succeed, uh, or my kid's a reflection of me. My gosh, I hope he behaves well. If you're making those errors, then they are getting the opposite of a vision from you. And so it starts with you having a vision for God's kingdom, God's version of the future. And one of the things I'm learning right now is I do so much better when I let go of the future and I leave it in God's hands. And I remember that he's a way better owner of my life <laughs> and the future than I. And if I let go of it, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. He's going to bring it to bear, but I don't waste any energy dreaming and thinking and scheming and planning and worrying and being anxious about stuff that probably isn't going to happen. So a parent has to start with themselves and they need to say, God, do you really own me? And if you do, you own my child. And if you own my child, I'm stewarding them for you. And their relationship with Christ as a parent will start to be evident to the kid that, geez, mom, mom and dad, they're not, 
driven by just what's going on this month or this this report card or whether you made some money or they have a job this year or not. Um, they have a much bigger picture. They've got a vision from God. That gives you credibility to start praying with them about God's vision for their life and eternity. Because I think most American Christians, they live their life thinking that God's a, a benefit package for these 80 years on earth and hardly think at all yeah. about the kingdom that is eternal. Yeah, we're going to be in the there and then a whole lot longer than the here and now. And I think there's there's something to the notion that some dreams need to be lost. I mean, when I got out of high school, I come from a family of auto racers. I wanted to be an auto racer, and I was for many years. Uh, that was my dream. And I, I'm glad that that dream was lost. Uh, otherwise, Shepherd's Hill wouldn't, wouldn't be here. It all goes back to what you were just saying. We have to go back to that solid premise. You know, dreams are really from man. They're, they're Ishmael's, so to speak. Vision uh, is from God, uh, the Isaac part of the equation. Uh, a dream drives you to act. A vision leads you to act. And, you know, Oswald Chambers uh, said, I think this is the story of Shepherd's Hill. You cannot attain to a vision. You must live in the inspiration of the vision until the vision accomplishes itself. And uh, that's really the story of Shepherd's Hill. And I, th I think that when you're led as opposed to driven, things just work out a whole lot better in the long haul. But, you know, a lot of parents do have dreams for their kids. And, I, and the question I want to ask you is, should a parent really have a dream for another person, even if it is his own offspring? I think a parent should have a prayer for another person. And as best you can, align your prayers with the Scripture. Um, and God in Deuteronomy has beautiful blessings that fathers and mothers have prayed over their children for years. Uh, may the Lord bless and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. That means mm -hmm. may you have a wonderful relationship with God. May you see him as the greatest blessing and purpose in your life. May you have the character of Jesus, Philippians 2, um, in your relationships with other people. Don't ever let pride or selfishness get in the way. Do everything by loving others and serving them with their interests in mind. And then it says, Jesus was the most humble ever, and he laid down his life for us. And in Romans 8.29, uh, describes our purpose in life, to be conformed to the character and image of Jesus Christ. That's way before being a quarterback or a teacher or an entrepreneur or a technologist or a doctor. It is who you are, not what you do. And it comes from God. So that's the vision. God, there you go. let my child have a vibrant, lifelong, dynamic, discipling relationship with you, the Lord. And may they live by the wonderful wisdom of the Word of God. And may their character be like Jesus's beginning with humility, and may they Amen. bless others. That is a vision that you can pray, but you need to ask God to give it to you. You know, and in that case, I was quoting things from the Scripture, so he's already given it to me. If there's more, then he has to give it to you in prayer. You don't need to drum it up by going to the encyclopedia or certainly to some set of uh, Google screens to find uh, what's the best vision for my kid. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think that... Uh... Uh, the only way to get in tandem with that idea is getting getting in tandem with the will of God, knowing God first and foremost. Cultivate that relationship first. The other relationships will work themselves out. We're stewards over these kids. They're really not ours. It all belongs to the Lord. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and some of those cattle, they look a lot like you and me, right. uh, our kids. <laughs> Great words, Trace. 
Uh, you are listening to Licensed Parent, and today we are talking with Jeff Kemp. He is the author of Facing the Blitz. And we need to take a break, but when we come back, we'll continue our discussion. We're talking about long-term vision and how to help our kids grab that, you know, truly living God's way. We'll be right back. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. I'm Michelle Hill. Trace Embry and I are talking with Jeff Kemp. Jeff is former NFL quarterback for the Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, and the Eagles, and now coach to the family. He's helping families survive and thrive. Trace? Well, Jeff, before the break, we're talking about visions for parents and their kids. Can, can you give our listeners an example of a vision for parenting? Yeah, as, as I talk to fathers quite a bit in particular, um, they kind of want to have a simple, clear game plan. But I believe this game plan is big picture. It's from God, and it has to do with the kingdom and how to represent them. So number one, you have to give your child relationship. You have to give them yourself, your presence, your time, your honesty, your stories, your mistakes, your vulnerability. Come off the pedestal and be real. So relationship. Mm. Number two, you got to give them agape love. And that's the best of your love with an acknowledgement that I'm very imperfect and I can't love perfectly. Only Father God, Jesus, and the Spirit are agape love. So you point your kids to the Father. That's the best fathering and the best mothering is to point them to the Heavenly Father. So relationship and agape love. And then here's three key blueprints for living. And one of them is actually called a blueprint. The first is identity. 
they need to know that they receive their identity. They don't earn it. It comes from God as a son or daughter of his because of Jesus. Number two, they need a GPS, a basic way to navigate in this world with wisdom, and that wisdom comes from God. So the GPS is a mixture of a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit guiding you and the Word of God and the counsel of good mentors and Christian friends that can help you. And the third thing you need to give them is the blueprints for relationships, because we're relational beings, just like God's relational. We're relational. We're going to get excited about a girl or a guy. We're going to want to date. We're going to want to have a boyfriend or girlfriend. We're going to want to have romance. Sex is going to be pulling us. Marriage is going to happen. Uh, and, and then there's kids dependent upon that. We need to know how to form a healthy relationship that can lead to a positive lifelong marriage and then sustain and grow that. And there's blueprints that God has laid out and we need to give those to our kids. So relationship with us, agape love from God, and then three keys, identity, wisdom on how to live, that's the GPS, and blueprints on relationships. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. Uh, you know, I, I think it's so important, though, particularly in this uh, relativistic age, postmodern age that we live in, that we have to properly define the terms. I mean, so many terms are being redefined today. And uh, we have to uh, uh, properly define love because in the English language, we have one word for it, uh, love. And, and love is often, you know, conflated with, with lust. Whereas in the original language, you got agape and storge and uh, phileo and, and I don't, I, there may be more, but uh, which are specific to brotherly love or the love of God or love of a parent, the man, uh, woman, uh, marriage type of love. So I think it's real important that we, we, we make that clear with our kids because Hollywood has really uh, watered down the definition of love. But I want to jump over a little bit and ask you this question. Every parent is, is proud to talk about their, their kids' high IQ. But in your book, you talk about ERQ. Why should parents uh, be concerned about their kids' ERQ? And what, it, what is it, first of all? Well, uh, IQ is intelligence quotient. Mm -hmm. ERQ is emotional relational quotient. Basically, it's being smart about relationships. That means you're self-aware of how you come across to people and like what it's, what, what's it like to live with me? Um, a friend of mine put a sign on his mirror that said, what's, um, would I want to be married to me? And every time he yeah. looked at that post-it note, it reminded him, I need to think of my wife and what it's like to live with me so I can be a better investor in her. He was emotionally and relationally wise to put that sticker there. So first we need to be self-aware. We need to be always learning and you can't be self-aware without having feedback and input from other people. That's why we need to be in small group and friendship and relationship and ask questions and let people speak to us. Um, and uh, so there's the self-awareness and then there's other awareness empathetic put yourself in other people's shoes ask right. questions Golden if you don't understand the race situation or people from a muslim background go sit down with someone at coffee and ask them tell me what it was like growing up um in an african-american uh, background well tell me what, it, what, it, what it's like um being muslim in america or what's what was being muslim like um, when your family was in the middle east you got to ask questions and listen to learn don't just watch your favorite TV network or look at your social media mm -hmm. feed, which is 
giving you algorithm-fed stuff that is not going to be accurate. Um, go learn. Go listen. And, of course, Trace, Michelle, you and I know the place to gain true wisdom on relationships and even handling our emotions is in the Bible. And so we go Absolutely. to God's Word. And don't be afraid to go to a counselor, a good Christian therapist who is a biblically-based therapist. There's a lot of things that we need to learn and some, some injuries and wounds of our past that we need to have God heal if we want to be emotionally and relationally wise with our kids and training them to be that way. No, you're exactly right, because there, there are some good and godly adults who have these little slivers uh, within their their personalities uh, in their memory bank that they've never dealt with. They've never dealt with. Um, but, uh, you know, we used to hear the term latchkey kids, and I don't think you, who hears that term anymore? I don't think we hear it. Uh, and I think we don't hear it for the same reason that we don't need to talk about water being wet. <laughs> because latchkey kids are now basically systemic to our society. It's kind of how things are. Uh, it seems like we live in a day when, when kids need their parents most, they have them the least. Uh, there are just so many single parents out there, particularly moms, who, who uh, are having to raise and financially support their kids all by themselves. What, what hope, encouragement, or counsel can you give to, to today's single mom? Well, they've got a great husband and father in God. And if we were living the way we should, we'd have more community. So I urge uh, the single mom to not compare yourself to other people. Listen, every single human being is flawed. Even a healthy marriage and wonderful looking family isn't perfect. And so we're all dealing with deficits and God fills deficits. And the bigger the deficit, the greater the need, the greater the relationship with God. Um, yeah. And God has done amazing things through single dads, single moms, grandparents, raising kids, adoptive situations, fostering. So I would say develop your relationship with God hugely. Don't beat yourself up and say, I'm not qualified. I'm, I'm not good enough. Right. And don't go crazy trying to prove that you are. Just love God and love your kids. And don't be afraid to bring them around other married people that can give them the vision of marriage. And definitely speak honorably, even if your ex-spouse or the parent of your child isn't behaving honorably. Grace is modeled in the toughest of circumstances, and grace is one of the most crucial lubricants to great relationships. It's how God saved us, and we need it for each other. Amen. I think of a single mom. I think of Charles Wesley. I think of Ben Carson. They can get it done when, when their spouse is... Uh, divine in nature. Um, I think I'd be derelict if I didn't ask you one more question related to your book. Uh, you're a firm believer, as I am, that uh, with God's help, we can turn our trials into triumphs. Uh, can you give us an example of how a parent might turn a trial into a triumph? Yeah. Um, if your child breaks their arm and is going to miss an athletic season, you could act as if boy, the sky is falling, this is really rotten, and play the victim, and they will pick up that victim mentality, and they'll be stuck in it, and they may even get a bad attitude towards God. Or you could help them realize that, man, life is hard. I'm so sorry this happened. I so empathize with you. I, 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 I remember when I 
such and such. And when I was a kid and lost something, that was hard, but your situation's tough. So first empathize with them, validate their emotions, and then paint the bigger picture that, you know what, maybe God can bring something good out of this. And ask them some questions. What can you focus on? And I know Michael uh, Phelps broke his um, wrist before the Olympics one time, and he couldn't train for two months with his arms, and he developed his kick so well in the pool, just keeping his arms on a uh, kickboard, that he set seven Olympic records and won seven golds. Okay? So here's the strategy for parents and all of us. You need to take a long-term view towards the problem and the blitz. You need to be humble and willing to change and do something different. And when you're suffering and struggling, don't focus on yourself as a victim. Focus on blessing others. See who you can encourage. Amen. That's the key. And that's how Jesus handled blitzes. And read John sixteen thirty three, where Jesus says, hey, you're going to face blitzes, but I've overcome them. Don't panic. And Romans 5, where Paul says, we even rejoice in our trials and tribulations and blitzes because they bring perseverance, and that brings character, and character reveals our faith, and our faith brings hope, and God's love is poured out in our lives when we go through tough things, but we turn to Him. So show your kids that blitzes are opportunities, not just bad news. Okay, so Jeff, I'm curious, as you're talking to your kids about blitzes, how do you talk to them about standing strong in that blitz and being able to flex and um, and be probably a good example for their friends? How do you work through that with them? I think you explain to them that everyone at their age is insecure. And frankly, a whole bunch of adults are insecure, meaning we're all running around thinking, what are other people thinking of me? What do they think of me? Mm-hmm. You know what? A lot of people don't have time to think of you. They're worried about themselves. Mm-hmm. So let your kid know a lot of those comparison thoughts you have that everyone's judging you and stuff. Um, put that aside. Just listen to what God says about you. And he says that in the Bible through and through. And mom and I, we love you and we'll remind you that you're his creation and his cherished beauty and his special uh, young man or woman. Um, your identity is, is from him. So start with that, okay? Um, but to stand strong, remembering that other people are insecure and they are out there just trying to do the best they can, but they're not making sense. So if someone stands up boldly, they may be made fun of at first, but other people will say, wow, look at that confidence. Look at that security. Maybe I need to be like that guy. They might even say, hey, can I have lunch with you privately someday? And say, why are you different? That's how we have a testimony. When we get our strength from God, we go against the crowd. Um, it's not because we go out and say, you're all a bunch of jerks. You're all living wrong. Uh, look at all your sin. Jesus says to you know, point the finger at yourself and not the log in someone else's eye. But standing strong means don't live for the crowd. Yeah. Live for a single audience, Jesus Christ. Perform before an audience of ones. We tell our kids here all the time. You know, when you think of a blitz, think of it as, as living in Friday, knowing that Sunday's coming. Yeah, love it, love it. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Jeff Kemp. To find out more about Jeff and the work that he's doing to equip the next generation, go to jeffkempteam.com. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Michelle, thanks. And I want to encourage fathers to go to fatherhoodcommission.org, where Trace and I network with lots of fathering groups. So fatherhoodcommission.org and jeffkempteam.com. 
Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. To listen to our other episodes, go to licensedtoparent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Daniel Fazina is our guest coordinator. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Ambry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.